From the Valley of the Sun in Phoenix, Arizona, welcome to episode 225 of the What is Truth Catholic podcast. My name is Deacon Steve, and I'm a permanent deacon in the Diocese of Phoenix. I hope you're having a joyous Christmas season. This weekend, we think of the visit of the Magi to visit the Christ child. We too are on a journey to the Lord. The journey begins at our birth and continues throughout our lives the journey to God, and the journey to holiness. We too hope that we will find and have Christ in our lives, that we will bring our gifts to him of our talents, time, and treasures, so that we will, as the Magi did, worship him as the only God in our lives. In episode 225 of the What is True Catholic podcast, we first discuss our saint of the week, St. Lucian of Antioch, who gave his life for the faith. We will hear a homily for the epiphany of the Lord as we hear the visit of the Magi to the Holy Family. In this segment, Catholics in the News, we will learn about a Catholic entertainer. In our segment, Truth in the Media, we will discover Pope Francis's appearance in a Netflix special. In the segment entitled, I Don't Get It, I will try to understand a new bill being considered in Canada. Finally, during our truth topic of the week, we will hear the truth from a cardinal about Christmas. All of this, plus music from the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, who sings, Angels We Have Heard on High. This and more on episode 225 of What is Truth? Saint of the Week Early in life, Lucian took up his residence in Antioch, where he was ordained a priest and soon attained a commanding position as head of the theological school in that city. Very little is known about the life of Lucian, though few men have left such a deep imprint on the history of Christianity. Lucian was a man of the most unexceptionable virtue, at the height of the Arian controversy, his fame for sanctity was not less than his reputation as a scholar. During the persecution of Maximinus Daza, he was arrested at Antioch and sent to Nicomedia, where he endured many tortures, and after delivering a long oration in defense of the faith, was finally put to death. His feast day is January 7th. St. Lucian of Antioch who died a martyr's death for the faith, our Saint of the Week. Homily of the Week. Today's homily is based on the readings for the Epiphany of the Lord, as we hear about the Magi's visit to the Christ child. One day, a professor entered his classroom and asked his students to prepare for a surprise test. They all waited anxiously at their desks for the exam to begin. 
The professor handed out the exams with the text facing down, as usual. Once he handed them all out, he asked the students to turn over the paper. To everyone's surprise, there were no questions, just a black dot in the center of the paper. The professor, seeing the expression on everyone's faces, said to them, I want you to write about what you see there. The students, confused, got started on the inexplicable task. At the end of the class, the professor took all the exams and started reading each one of them out loud in front of all the students. All of them, with no exception, defined the black dot, trying to explain its position in the center of the sheet. After all had been read, the classroom silent, the professor started to explain. I'm not going to grade you on this. I just wanted to give you something to think about. No one wrote about the white part of the paper, the white, so to speak. Everyone focused on the black dot, on the darkness, and the same thing happens in our lives. However, we insist on focusing only on the black dot, the health issues that bother us, the lack of money, the complicated relationships with family members, the disappointments. The dark spots are very small when compared to everything else we have in our lives that bring light, but they are the ones that pollute our minds. Take your eyes away from the black dot in your lives. Enjoy each one of your blessings, each moment that life gives you. Be happy and live a life filled with the light of love. In our first reading for the Epiphany of the Lord, we hear first from the prophet Isaiah. And in Isaiah, we hear that the light has come, that the glory of the Lord shines upon him, the people. The light has come. And in the Gospel of St. Matthew, we hear the story of the Magi who follow the star. They follow the star, interestingly enough, the light to the true light of the world, Jesus Christ. And what do they do when they encounter the light? They bring their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So I think one question we are asked to think about, my brothers and sisters, is do we see the light in our lives. You see, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and he is the light of the world. So do we see Jesus in the world that we live today? Often we're filled with darkness, fears, worries. <laughs> we're going to get corona, sins, sadness, and pain. And sometimes when we're so filled with the darkness, we don't see the light of Christ. Sometimes we can't find the light. We don't know where to look. It doesn't seem to be there at all. Other times we see the light of Christ in the world around us, but that's all we do. We see Christ as in other people. Okay, that's nice but we go on our merry or not so merry way. We are called as disciples of Christ to see Jesus, the light, in the world around us, to see him in the darkness of our lives, in the darkness of sin. Christ's light can destroy sin. Christ's light destroyed death. If we can't see if we're in the darkness, we are called to persevere in prayer. We do not give up 
because we're struggling with sin or fears or anxiety. We also need to understand that the light is everywhere around us, in every person, in every situation, whether we're sitting in traffic or the line at a shopping, you know, at a grocery store. It doesn't matter. Christ, the light, is there in those things. Christ is in everything. And when we see this, we are then what do we do? If we are to be followers of Christ, we are called not just to see Christ in the world, in the world around us, but respond to what we see as the Magi responded to what they saw. We need to <clears throat> bring that light of Christ that we have to one another. We're not to hoard it and hold on to it. We are to bring it to others through a kind word, through our, through our patience, through our love, through our willingness to serve the Lord as he came into the world to serve us. My brothers and sisters, the Magi had an epiphany, a manifestation of Jesus. We too are called to see the light of Christ in the world and to follow it. And if we do this, our lives also will be an epiphany as we will, through the grace of God, bring the Lord to all we meet. Now let's listen to the Mormon Tabernacle Choir who sings that Christmas classic, Angels We Have Heard on High.
Catholics in the news. Kids are funny. Raising a household of them, homeschooling six kids while writing books and building a career, has its challenges, but also its moments of humor. And for Catholic comedian Jen Fulweiler, having a large family has actually turned out to be her ace in the hole. If you've ever tried to make teens and tweens laugh, Jen explained, they're the hardest audience. That making them laugh? Yeah, Jennifer Fulweiler has had lots of practice. It started, she explained, when she was blogging at the Catholic Register. She noticed over and over again that she used humor in her pieces. It was more pleasant to absorb and I got a bigger response, she said. Jen thought about how she might be able to reach a wider audience and eventually she veered toward the comedy stage. She honed her craft at home with her six children, testing what types of stories would entice giggles. From there, she expanded into what she calls garage comedy, setting up chairs, inviting neighbors and her own kids to her stand-up routine in the garage. By watching the reactions of her small audience of family and friends, Jen was able to improve her routine. I learned the hard way, she said, just because something sounds funny in my head doesn't mean it will draw laughs from the crowd. When she took her material to local comedy clubs, she found that the audience guffawed at the same stories that had elicited eye rolls and titters from her kids. Turned out, she joked, like a drunk comedy audience is about the same level as a fifth grader. When Jen decided to take her stand-up routine on the road, she found that nightclubs were skeptical. Your comedy is good, a club manager would say. We're impressed. But Jen was new in the comedy scene, and after a long line of X-rated acts, the managers weren't convinced there was a market for, quote, clean comedy featuring a mom with a minivan of kids. Not to be discouraged, Jen self-produced a national comedy tour. She used Google Maps to identify possible venues and untried markets, and she sold, she went to basically theaters, gave her her credit card to reserve a night, and then went into a theater with maybe 300 or 1,000 people. And sure enough, people showed up. Fullwire described her typical audience as people who live in the suburbs and love their life but don't always feel they perfectly fit in there. Her hour-long show called The Naughty Corner touched on the absurdities of modern parenting homeschooling her six kids so she can sleep in on weekday mornings, attending mandatory parent meetings with vodka in her travel mug, fighting off scorpions that find their way into her Texas home. Her producers asked her to film The Naughty Corner so people could watch it from their homes. The Naughty Corner is now available for free on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, and anywhere. And comedy specials and albums are streamed, sold, or broadcast. Jen Fulweiler, a Catholic homeschooling mom with a gift for comedy and bringing light during these challenging times. This week's Catholics in the News. Truth in the Media a book by Pope Francis about the perspectives of the elderly is the basis for a forthcoming series by Netflix, and the Pope is set to participate. Sharing the Wisdom of Time was published in English and Italian in 2018. 
The book consists of interviews with older people from around the world and includes the responses of Pope Francis to 31 of the testimonies. The four-episode series is not yet named. It will include an exclusive interview with Pope Francis and will continue his call to recognize elders as sources of wisdom and memory. The elders interviewed in the book come from a variety of countries, religions, ethnicities, and socioeconomic backgrounds. They will be interviewed by young filmmakers living in their own countries, and the Pope will give commentary. The anti-poverty nonprofit Unbound, which collaborated with Loyola Press on the book, will help with the documentary project. The Italian company Stand By Me Productions is the producer of the documentary series, planned to be released globally on Netflix sometime in 2021. Pope Francis spoke about the wisdom and knowledge of the faith older people can share with the young. One of the virtues of grandparents, he said, is that they have seen many things in their lives. He advised grandparents to have, quote, a lot of love, a lot of tenderness and prayers, unquote, for the young people in their lives who have left the faith. The faith is transmitted always in dialect, the dialect of the home, the dialect of friendship, he said. Sharing the Wisdom of Time, a new series coming to Netflix featuring Pope Francis speaking about the value of the elderly. This week's Truth in the Media. Blind, traumatized, and unable to work, Amy Hasbrook is still fighting a war she believes values disabled wives as less than wives of the able-bodied. Bill C-7, the expanded medical assistance in dying law, has passed in the House of Commons and is now under consideration in the Senate. If the upper chamber fails to pass the bill or sends it back to the Commons for further revision, the standard for who qualifies for voluntary euthanasia will be different in Quebec than in the rest of the country. The prospect of different standards in different parts of Canada is less than ideal, but it bothers Hasbrook less than a fast track to euthanasia even when death is not reasonably foreseeable. Without the reasonably foreseeable criterion, struck down by a Quebec judge. Every disabled person is now a candidate for medical early exit. When you get sick, you're going to be disabled. You're not going to have the same options as the non-disabled people. Under these daunting circumstances, society offers the option of killing yourself quickly, cleanly, and with the aid of a doctor. Anybody whose suffering can be defined as emotional, psychological, or physical, which applies to most people with disabilities, can be assessed for potential assisted suicide. So let me try to understand this. Canada, our neighbor to the north, is considering allowing anyone who is seen as disabled as eligible to be killed, euthanasia, physician-assisted suicide, whatever you want to call it. This can't be happening in a civilized country like Canada, can it? But it is! I don't get it! Topic of the week. Reaching out to and helping the poor 
is to imitate God. It is to make oneself small out of love in order to raise up the other, said the preacher of the papal household, telling told Francis, the officials of the Roman Curia and Vatican employees. The Bible says there is no room in the inn, or was no room in the inn, for Mary and Joseph when Jesus was about to be born, said Cardinal Raniero Cantalamessa. Today, as well, there is no room in the inn for the poor of the world, but history has shown us what side God is on and what side the church must be on. These are strong words, but they're well-founded theologically, the cardinal said. Christ became human, but resembles most especially people who are poor, humble, or suffering. Christ instituted this sign just as he instituted the Eucharist. The one who said, this is my body, said the same words about the poor. When he taught whatever people do for the least of the, his brothers and sisters that he does for him. In coining the phrase, the church of the poor, he said, St. John the 23rd was not talking just about poor people who are members of the church. In a certain sense, all the poor of the world, whether they are baptized or not, belong to the church. Cantuamessa said some people might object, but they don't have faith and are not baptized. Fortunately for us, God has many more ways to save us than we can imagine. Although all of these ways, not excluded, in a manner known only to God, pass through Christ in his paschal mystery. The poor belong to Christ, not because they say so, the cardinal said, but because Christ said so. Christmas is the feast of the humility of God. Cardinal Renero Cantalamessa, telling Pope Francis, the courier in the world, the truth that Christmas is a gift to the poor and the humble. Our Truth Topic of the Week. Well, we've come to the end of episode 225 of the What is Truth Catholic podcast. If you have any feedback about the podcast you wish to share, please email me at deaconstevew, all lowercase, at gmail.com. As we come to the end of our Christmas journey, let us pray to grow in holiness as we grow in our love for the Lord. Let us pray. Lord, help us to discern the truth, the truth you call us all to live. Help us to live in this truth so that we can be as you created us to be, truly free. And let us ask our Lady's help in this journey. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now, and at the hour of our death. Amen. Until next time, God willing, this is Deacon Steve. I invite you to join me as we discover together what is truth.